A little bird told me today that today is Randy Dvork's birthday. Randy, would you wave at me? Stand up, Randy. This is the main man right here. How, how old are you, Randy? 44. 44. Good man. Isn't that great? 44. You're catching up with me, Randy. You're catching up with me. Yes. <laughs> hey, God bless him. Well, good to see you in the house of the Lord today. And, and uh, boy, I enjoyed the music this morning. Wasn't that awesome? Uh, I, I praise you in the storm. I, that always fills my heart. And especially that song on Hold Up My Head. And uh, in fact, I told Mrs. Davis, I said, I tell you, many times, you know, tr life has a way of coming down heavy on us. And we need God to hold up our heads to remind us who we are in Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we started a series, as Pastor Brad has shared with you, it called Get to the House. And the, the whole theme is to remind us that the house of God stands ready to minister to all of us. And all of us are going through issues and problems and complications, whether it's financial, relational, or whatever, career, whatever they are, transitions in life. Uh, we find that life sometimes bears down heavy on us. And that's why we need to get to the house of God because the house of God is a place of lifting. It's a place of strength. It's a place of refueling. It's a hospital for us who are wounded. It's a place where God just ministers to us on a one-to-one -one basis. As Pastor Brad mentioned on the video this morning, there's a big difference of watching a TV preacher or listening, streamlining it, uh, somebody on the computer. There's, there's a whole world of difference when you get into the house of God and position yourself under the power of the presence of God. You know, sometimes I'll watch a TV preacher or I'll listen to streamline some um, a speaker, and it's easily distracted. I can always turn it off or I can always think about something else. And, but there's something about getting in the house of God and, and sitting under the power of the presence of the Lord where he speaks. He has our undivided attention. He speaks to us. He ministers to us. And there's something about gathering with all the other saints of God in the house of God that God does his greatest work in us. I've often said that there's, there's a mystery about the church. It, there's a supernatural mystery about the church, and you need to really embrace this. I can't even comprehend this myself, but I've been in church all my life. My dad was a preacher, and all my life I have attended church, and I think I took it for granted for most of the earlier part of my life. In fact, I remember as a young person thinking, when I get old, I'm not going to ever go back to church again. You know, I my dad was a preacher. I, I figured if I could get far enough away from him, he would never get me. And uh, I could just stay away. But you know what? Here I am. I I'm 63 years old, and I love the house of God. I love God's people. I love the Spirit of God. Why? Because God has built me back up in the faith in the house of God. It, it is wonderful what the Lord has done in my life. And I am indebted to the people of God and the house of God. Why attending church helps me keep God first. This is so important because it's so fundamental, it's so basic, yet it's so true. But I, I'm looking at our culture today as a pastor. I'm watching the climate uh, that we live today. We live in a world that's, that's loud and boisterous, and it's, it's clamoring for our attention. 
And today, the church of Jesus Christ is pulled apart more than ever before. We as God's people need to have our antennas up high. We need to go through this life with a, with a determination. I need to hear from God. I need to hear from the Lord. I need the Lord. If you need the Lord today, would you raise your hand and say, oh, me. You need the Lord. I need them. You you need them in raising kids. You need them as you go through life and the transitions of life. Even when you get into the retirement age, you need the Lord to help you. Amen? These old bodies start physically giving us trouble, and we need God to touch us and help us and give us strength to get through the, the life that we have to live. But I thought about something very basic this morning before we have communion, and and that are three reasons why I need to keep God first by attending church. Number one, God reveals himself through the preaching of the Word of God. Now, some people will say, you know, the modern-day church has got to come up with a new innovative plan other than having a man stand up there with a book called the Bible and just speaking. But I got news for you. That has always been God's plan, is through the proclamation of the Word of God. It is amazing to me how God takes a human being, calls him to preach the Word of God, the highest calling on the planet Earth, higher than politics, by the way, and and to, to stand up and to proclaim the things of God because one thing is imperative in the life of a pastor, and that is he's got to put his ear near the mouth of God and hear exactly what God wants to say to his people. Now, I want you to know something. I'm just a paper boy. I'm just, I'm just a medium in the things of God. It's my job is to, to hear what God wants to say to you. He is the chief shepherd. He is the captain of our salvation. He's the God that enables you. He's the God that will empower you. He's the God that will remove the scales of blindness from your eyes and cause you to see him in all of his glory. You need him this morning, and you need to hear from him. Do you believe that today? You need to hear from him. Yes, give the Lord a hand of praise. We need him. We need to extol him. We need to lift him up. But preaching is an amazing thing. A pastor has to study. Now, I realized this early on in my pastorate. I realized I ran into a wall, and I realized that in my humanness and in my flesh, there's not one thing that I can say or one thing that I can do that can change the hearts of people. I cannot do it. I realize real quick the nicest story, the funniest stories, or whatever I can come up with to grab the attention of people is null and void. And my friends, I realize one thing, that if the power of God is not on me and the word of God is not on my lips, nothing's going to happen. We need the Lord. A pastor needs to ask God to deliver his word through him. Now, I realize I'm a sinner saved by grace just like you are. The only difference is I have a call of God in my life to stand up and preach. He expects me, and God wants to use human instruments to declare his word to his people. I don't understand that, and when I get to heaven, I'm going to think, God, could you thought of a better way? But God chooses frail human instruments to deliver his word. And let me tell you something. I am humbled by that. I, I stand, I marvel at that, how God can use someone 
As I pour over the scriptures, I'm constantly saying, Lord, speak to me. Let me see the message that you want to share with your people today. It is through the preaching of the word of God. I like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1.21. Since God in his wisdom saw it, saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our preaching to save those who believe. He has used the preaching of the word of God. And that's what I'm doing this morning. I'm proclaiming Christ. I'm proclaiming the scriptures. In fact, uh, God uses the human filter, allow truth and precepts to come alive in the hearts of people. The preaching from pastors, evangelists, teachers in my lifetime has impacted me greatly. I remember the first time I heard uh, the chancellor of the college I went to in, in my seminary in college days is Dr. Lee Robertson. And I remember sitting down and hearing this great man of God. He was in his 80s. And I remember him coming out with a black double-breasted suit, beautiful white hair. And as he would preach, it was just like he was that Moses. And I just sat there in awe as I heard that great man of God just proclaim the word of God. And the word of God in, that, in those four years of my life at college transformed my life for the glory of God. So sitting in church, listening intently to the voice of God without any interruptions or any distraction is God's plan and God's purpose for your life. You reveal to the Lord that he is important, important by you being here today. You've made a, a step of the demonstration that upon the first day of this week, before you do anything, before you approach your work, before you perform your household duties, before you do anything, you come into the house of God and you sit yourself under the voice and the presence of God and you allow God to do a work. So going to church helps me keep God first by hearing God's voice speak to me through preaching. And then number two, God is glorified by active and relevant worship. Boy, I love the worship this morning, didn't you? I'll praise you in the storm. I kept thinking about that verse, this, that's, uh, verses of that song. I'll praise you in the storm. I've been in some storms. I'm in a storm. I'm always in a storm. <clears throat> and once I get out, God has another one. Say, here, go to this one. Or go through that one. And, and we go through storms. And it's part of our life. And when we come to church, and when we come and we praise the name of Jesus, there's something magical, there's something wonderful about God's people coming in one focal point of place to praise him. There is something about rubbing shoulders to other people who are going through the same storms or similar storms and lifting up the name of Jesus because it is through the name of Jesus and through the blood of Jesus Christ we have become overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. We can praise him in the storm because he will give you victory. He'll hold you up, hold your head up high like the song says. He'll hold you up and help you through no matter what you're going through. So when we get to the house of God on the first day of the week, we can come into his presence and knowing that he gives you just enough of his sustaining grace to hold you through. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm going to make it. Can you do it? I'm going to make it. Turn to someone behind you that's very discouraged and say, lift your head up. You're going to make it. Can you do that? Amen. Because of Jesus, we're going to make it. I like it, don't you? 
Now, I know we got this earthly journey we're going we're gonna to walk through together, but we are going to make it when we praise and worship him. I like what David said in Psalms 3 and 4. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise him, praise his name. By sitting in the midst of many saints, just praising Jesus reminds me of my purpose and, by, and my purpose of being created to give God all the praise. Do you realize when you get to heaven, one of the grandest works you're going to be a part of is you're going to join in with all the other saints of God in heaven. Do you realize that all the church of Jesus Christ is already assembled in the heavens? We're the ones left behind. We're just this little remnant left here. I've got loved ones up there already standing in the grandstands of heaven. They're already shouting and praising God this morning while we're down here on earth, praying and asking God to give us faith in the dark midnight hour. But they're already waiting for us. And one day, hopefully, before this year's out, the rapture will, ha will take place and God will snatch us out of this dark world and place us in the grandstand of heaven. And there we'll be shoulder to shoulder, dressed in white robes and looking down in the front and center stage will be Jesus, the Lamb of of God in all of his glory and we will sing and we will praise him and we'll glorify him and we'll thank him for everything he's done. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Let the church rejoice. It's a wonderful, glorious thing. I, I keep God first by attending church because I love to praise him. I like what Psalm 77, 12, 14 says. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. And this is what David said. Thy way, listen carefully. Thy way, O Lord, is in the sanctuary of the saints. Who is so great? A God is our God. Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. There is something unifying of praise. When we come here together, we have one thing in common. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. Amen? He is the God of our salvation. And there's something unifying, something mystical, a mystery when the saints of God begin to praise him here on earth. The world praises the devil. The world praises its ungodly system. Let God's people come into his house on the first day of the week and let their voice of praise rattle the rafters and let the voice of praise go beyond the four walls of this place to let the people know we are not ashamed of Jesus Christ. We're not ashamed of the kingdom of God, but rather we are subservient to his voice and to his message and to his plan. And then I think about Thirdly, God empowers his church as we contribute our spiritual gifts. God empowers his church as we contribute our spiritual gifts. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 12, 24 and 25. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but the members should have the same care for one another. The reason I attend church, and I don't want to miss church, 
The reason I want to attend church is because it helps me keep God first to understand that I play an intricate part in the body of Christ. Jesus said there's no such thing as an insignificant member of the body of Christ. In other words, you matter to God. There's something about your life. There's something in your life. There's something hardwired in you as a believer that God wants to use to, to help the church function. And you know what? The body of Christ cannot function without you. When you come on the first day of the week, you're basically coming in and saying, I want God to use me. Sometimes it's the power of presence. Sometimes by you just being there and looking over and tapping another shoulder of another soul that's really struggling, something about your smile, something about it all matters because I'm here with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to pray for you. I thank the Lord for you. Sometimes it's the power of presence of just being there. And as you contribute your, your gifts through teaching and, and ministering to others and working the nursery, I thank God for nursery workers, don't you? In fact, I was thinking about, who are you thankful for? I thought, thank God for nursery workers. Can you imagine a bunch of babies crying and screaming in this auditorium? That's why they're there. That's why they work 24-7, because they want you to hear from God. They don't want interruptions. Babies are sweet and precious, but we have a room for those sweet and baby precious babies. And they can cry their hearts out. And God has given us some people made of Teflon steel who can handle it. Me, I start reaching for them pills and say, God, give me something. Help me. Help me. I go by sometimes. I look in. I see those ladies. And I'm thinking, especially I'm filled with guilt when I walk by and I preach a long sermon. I held them up. And I look in and see those ladies working. They are heroes. All those people in kids' block have, have your children. They realize that what we teach and preach in the auditorium, they can't really wrap their heads around. So we have places where, where they get down to their level to teach them the word of God. These are, these are gifted people, and we need them. And if it wasn't for their giftings, we thank God for the praise team members and, and the people who got the spiritual gift to be able to play instruments and trumpets and, and, and playing uh, guitars and, and drums and, and the musicians that sing and, and that lead us into worship and to open our doors to sing in unison to praise him. All of these are wonderful spiritual gifts that God uses in the body of Christ. The ushers that come down and help receive the Lord's offering, giving us an opportunity to give to praise God. The ushers, the greeting people that meet people in to let you know you matter to God. We're glad to see you. This is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. There's no place on earth where the wet message of the gospel can be preached any greater than in the house of God, a place where he is lifted up, he is magnified, where his name is sacred and holy to the Lord. Thank God for people. I remember as a boy, I was nine years old, and Doug Floyd, you remember this. Um, Mr. Doherty, he used to teach us nine-year-old boys. And this is downstairs in an old, dank basement of a church at Fairwinds years and years and years ago. Back in the dark days when no one had a good time. <laughs> and we got this teacher who was a mailman. And Mr. Doherty would stand up there and he would tell us that God spoke to his heart about teaching. He wasn't trained in theology, but what he did is he read the Word of God and he allowed the Word of God filter through his personal life of, of what he knew it to be and shared it with a bunch of nine-year-old boys. 
And you know what? Here I am, 63, and I look back. Mr. Doherty's been up there in heaven praising God for a long time. And I think back at this man who was in his late 70s who stood there and took about eight to ten little towhead boys. Nobody else thought they were significant, but he did. And he taught us the Word of God. Do you know there are Bible lessons that that man taught that I still remember today? I think of Mr. Harry Floor. I, I think about this great saint of God. He's with the Lord. His wife is with us, and she's uh, in her 20s. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> no, she's, she's at a, a good age. Mrs. Floor, will you wave to me? This is wait, Mrs. Floor. There, tap her on the shoulder. Wave to me. There she is. This dear saint of God, God used her and her husband to teach us the word as young teenagers. And Mr. Floor, he was a truck driver. He wasn't a trained theologian, but rather he knew this. He loved us as teenagers, and he would teach us the Word of God. And I remember many, many times he would share lessons that have stuck with me throughout all these years. When I get to heaven, I'm going to go up and I'm going to hug the, the necks of these people who have ministered to my life and to my heart, and I thank them as a, as a 9, 10, 13, 14-year-old young man that these people poured their lives into my life and helped me to be who I am today. You see, God empowers his church as we contribute our gifts it doesn't make any difference what you know. You don't have to know everything. All you have to know is that God is your Savior and that you love the Bible and that God used you to impact the lives of other people because that gives purpose and meaning of life. Let me tell you something. The main sole purpose you are here today is to give God glory, is to praise him and to be part of the body of Christ and to be a functioning purpose and mission for Jesus Christ. If you miss that, you've missed everything because Jesus Christ is all that matters in this life. <laughs> Praise him. You see, attending church helps me always to keep God first. Just walking into a church service makes me think about God, makes me think about his presence in my life, causes me to think about the direction in my life Am I walking in the ways of God, or have I strayed? I need the Lord this morning. I need him. I need him more than I've ever needed him now. I need him. You need him. As we partake of communion this morning, it is another mystery. It is a mystery how we all take the same bread, we drink of the same juice, but it's 